Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Thursday, June 22nd edition of the Basement Academy. I hope you watch all the way through to the end of these or listen all the way to the end. I suspect every once in a while we might turn it off. Um, listen through today, if you would, or watch through. Um, I'll try to keep it, you know, within our normal 20-ish minutes. But I want to kind of offer a challenge maybe an invitation, maybe that's the better way, an invitation rather than so much a challenge um, to all who are listening, okay? So let's, let's uh, begin with our morning psalm. Uh, we've read this a number of times. Uh, this will be our Sunday morning focus text uh, that we'll be preaching from on, on Sunday. This is Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked man will see and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. I'm going to come back to this psalm as we go through the reflection this morning. Okay, <clears throat> let's say we're done with tithing, okay? We've been talking about that for enough. So hopefully you don't feel beat up, you don't feel scolded, you feel instructed, guided uh, from Scripture, and then hopefully with a pastoral heart to see the benefits and wisdom of tithing. But I want to turn back to where we were, um, probably what, early, middle of last week, talking about Abraham. Abraham who paid his tithe to Melchizedek out of gratitude and expression of appreciation for God's favor and blessing in his life. Abraham we take as the father of the faithful. We appeal to Abraham as our father. If you are not um, Jewish by descent, if you are not Arabic by descent, if you're not descended from Ishmael or Israel, right? If you're not you are a child of Abraham by faith, by promise. The New Testament clarifies this. The Christian believer, we are the descendants of Abraham also. So we look to him, he who believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. So there's a righteousness that comes by faith, not by works. And so Abraham is our father. So the Abrahamic promise and the Abrahamic responsibility belong to us. We are his descendants. And so that promise to Abraham 
as well as the responsibility upon him and his family now is ours. And so in case you're not familiar with the, the, the promise that shapes your life, this is Genesis chapter 12. The Lord had said to Abram, that's before his name was changed. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, in your father's household and go to the land I will show you. So sacrifice is at the beginning, right? The call to Abram, leave. Leave leave your country, your people, your father's household. Go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. Here's the promise. I will make you into a great nation, nation and I will bless you. So God promises a blessing to Abraham. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I mean, you can't get much earlier in the story. This is Genesis 12. First three, four chapters. You've got the fall you got creation, fall, and then you've got Noah, <laughs> and, and we get to Tower of Babel. So we get to Abraham really quickly. God's plan of salvation, plan A, is that salvation and redemption and the restoration of the world would come through a person, through a family. It would not be God waving a magic wand, but it's going to be a, 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 a blessed the, 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 the way to summarize this, Abraham is blessed by God in order to be a blessing to others. Blessed to be a blessing. That's what we have to understand. This is your call. God has blessed you so that you would bless others. This is the family trait. This is the family call. This is the family promise. This is the family responsibility. The promise is that we will be blessed. The responsibility is that we are to be a blessing to others. This is plan A. There is no plan B. And so the, the history of, the, I mean, the, the, the story of the Bible is the story really of Abraham's family. Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob. Jacob's name is changed to Israel. Israel has the 12 uh, children, the 12 sons uh, who turn into 12 tribes and, and so on and so on. And then Jesus comes as a descendant as in fulfillment of this Abrahamic promise. And that's how Mary understands, as you know, um, Mary's song re re recalls, this is fulfillment. So the birth of Jesus is fulfillment. And so as we are joined to Jesus, we come into the, the family that is blessed, and then we become part of that call to bless others. Blessed to be a blessing. Abraham was wealthy. God intended it to be so. God ordained it to be so. And, and so, can we catch a vision of seeing our wealth as God sees it? Can we, can we learn to see our wealth from a biblical perspective, from an Abrahamic perspective? Oh, all my money, all my wealth, my assets, my household, the, the things I've accumulated are not just for me. 
and my family, the, the children, the grandchildren, not just for me and my comfort, not just for me and my convenience. I am blessed. And that's too often where we stop. I'm so blessed. Yes, yes, this is God's plan to bless you so that you will be a blessing to others. God who has the cattle on a thousand hills can fill your treasury over and over again. He's filling your treasury so that you can pass that along. And so it's learning to see our wealth as God see it, not just our material wealth, but our wealth of relationships, the relationships we share in the church family. We have two families, the, the natural family, the birth family, the, the, the marital family. The, so we, we, we have these natural relations, and then there's the supernatural family of the church. And when we within the church pool our resources together, what an impact. We can have. I'm not trying to go back to the tithing. I'm trying to actually talk about you catching a vision, a, a new understanding of the wealth that you have, to see it from this the lenses of the promise to Abraham. Uh, I reference um, Genesis 15:1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision: "Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield." And you are very great reward. I'm your shield. I'm your protector. I got your back, Abram. Not saying you're not going to have a hard time. Not going to say there's not going to be challenges in life. For you do live east of Eden, Abraham. <laughs> all of life, all of human history is going to be mapped east of Eden. This sinful, fallen, broken world. People are going to run after money and think that that's the, the, the be-all and end-all of life. No, 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 Abraham, I'm going to bless you with material wealth, relational wealth. You're going to have a family, but God, I don't have any children. I'll take care of that, Abraham. I'll take care of relationships. I'll take care of descendants. I'll take care of making your name great. You don't have to try to make your own name great. I will make your name great. And so you, the Basement Academy listener, don't have to make a name for yourself. You don't have to achieve status and influence and power. You don't have to be recognized by others. God already knows you. He will make your name great. He will be your shield. He'll be your protector, your defender, your provider. What God intends for the family of Abraham is to receive this blessing and to enjoy it and then to pass it on. You are blessed to be a blessing. So, learn to see our wealth first as an expression of God's favor and blessing. God is blessing you. He intends to bless you. He wants to bless you. How did Psalm 112 say? Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. If you fear the Lord, you're blessed. Blessed is the man, the woman who fears the Lord. If you fear the Lord, that's come about because God has brought your heart to a place to recognize who he is and who his son is. And so as you walk in the fear of the Lord, as you build your life on the word of God, as you, you seek to live not by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, as you give yourself to that uh, seeking true treasure, right? The treasures in heaven, you're blessed. The, the deepest, truest blessing is knowing God, right? So blessed is the one who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his command. His children will be mighty in the land. So there's this, this 
promise that our children, as we give ourselves to following the Lord, our children will, will, will receive the blessing as well. The generation of the upright will be blessed. That is your children and descendants. Wealth and riches are in his house. And then listen to this. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely. Oh, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. <laughs> we open our hands. The family of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham, live with open hearts to God and open hands to the world. We're not clutching on to this wealth. Uh, this is my money. This is my wealth. These are my possessions. I've got to hold on to them. No, no, no. We live with open hands. We live with open hands. Um, had a conversation. Give a shout out to Scott Silverstein, one of our members. We were talking about this and he said, it's interesting, the, the, the action, when people are worried, we, we, we call it wringing our hands. And, and sometimes we're not even aware that we're doing it. We're just, oh. And it's an expression of worry. Oh goodness, what am I gonna do? But there's a similar expression. We also see the greedy person. It's kind of a cartoonish image, but the greedy person, oh, oh mine, mine, oh mine. The same wringing of hands, both of them are missing the reality of wealth. Worrying about our money, God's gonna provide for you. There might be comes when we're tight, okay, understand. Live with an open. So don't wring your hands with worry and don't wring your hands with greed. The posture of the faithful, the people of God, is not to wring our hands, but to open our hands. Wealth and riches are in his house. He's, he's generous and lends freely. He's free with those gifts because he knows I am blessed. God has promised to bless me. So I don't have to hold on to my money. God is providing for me. And so I live with an open hand, generous and lends freely, scattering abroad his gifts to the poor. What a difference to live open-handed rather than tight-fisted or wringing the hands. And so I love that image. So thank you, Scott, for that. And so we see our wealth as God sees it, first of all, as an expression of God's favor in our lives and his blessing. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord. Wealth and riches are in his house. Then here's the key, the Abrahamic vision. Oh, my wealth, a portion of this, is the seed money that God intends to be invested for mission and ministry. Have you ever thought about that? We talk about seed money, right? Um, venture capitalists, you know, you go to a venture capitalist, they will invest their money as a seed money. They want an equity stake. They want a share in this business. A shark tank is probably the most famous expression that we're aware of on TV. But this work of investing seed money in some venture that offers the promise of return. And so that's the venture capitalist. What about a spiritual venture capitalist? spiritual venture capital. Some of the wealth that God has given you is intended to be the seed money for mission and ministry in the world so that we participate directly in the restoring of the world. That's the call. 
When, when Jesus uh, dies for the sins of the world, he rises in glory and power. He ascends and he says, okay, I'm leaving you. Stay in Jerusalem. I'm going to equip you with the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. God could have done it otherwise, right? Because God is God. He could have waved his magic wand and everybody in the world is saved and the kingdom comes. But he says, no, it's better. We're going to take this Abrahamic vision we get to participate directly in the restoring of the world. We get to draw close to seeing people's lives changed. We get to, to experience the joy, the awesome reality of knowing that something I did participated in the blessing and restoration of another person's life. God made us to serve God made us to extend ourselves and to give ourselves away. He made us to witness with our words. As we, If you've ever shared the gospel and had somebody go, I get it now. You become the conduit through which the Holy Spirit works to bring the message of life and truth to another person. Not all of us have had that experience, but you can imagine it. What a joy to know that your words, the words God supplied to you, through your mouth you shared words or through your pen you shared words that made a difference in somebody's life and they became part of the family of faith and they became saved for eternity. Wow. That's plan A. Plan A is to use us. There is no plan B. And so God uses Abraham's family. We are his, we are his descendants by faith. God intends to use us through this, this, this wealth, the well, the, the well-being of relationships, the well-being of our own um, heart and mind and soul and strength being being dedicated to God, and the well-being of of material wealth, God chooses us, calls us, privileges us, promises to us, and then gives us a responsibility, the high calling of walking as Christian discipleships, uh, Christian disciples, and, and using our finances in as part of that, that, that fulfillment but using our money as the seed money to invest in mission and ministry. That's why that vision of everybody at Greenwich Tithe, we would have double the budget. And then our decisions wouldn't be, our leadership meetings wouldn't be, how are we gonna find a way to make ends meet at Greenwich this year? We're a little tight. The leadership meetings are gonna be gathered and we're gonna be, how are we going to spend all this money this year to invest in mission and ministry to transform our community? That's what leadership's supposed to be doing when it gathers. What do we do? What, 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 what uh, ministries, what missions are we to be in, engaged in because we have this seed money coming from the family of the faithful. Again, we're just, you know, a couple hundred households, 300 households or so. And how, would, how do we take this accumulated wealth and then how do we invest that for mission and ministry to transform our local communities? And if every church caught this vision, the world would be transformed, right? <laughs> and so... The tithing, I guess I am going back to the tithing a little bit. The tithing is an expression, Abraham tithes, so we see the pattern there. The law of Moses commands, instructs the people of God to tithe, to support, so that 
the local community would be transformed. Worship would, would always be going forward. The ministers and the, the church workers, the Levites and the priests would not be worried about where their next meal is going to come from. They would be free to give themselves to help guide the people. And then the people uh, bring together and we get involved in mission and ministry. And so this is the challenge, the invitation. I said challenge at the outset. I came back to it. This is the invitation. Who is going to be the next Charles Green at Greenwich Presbyterian Church? And you know Charles Green, right? He's the one, the wealthy British merchant who lived just adjacent to the east, uh, right there, right across from Burwell Road, the lawn, that was his property. And so where Greenwich is was his property too. And he donated these, what, six or seven acres on which Greenwich Presbyterian exists, the three buildings now. He donated that. He deeded that to the trustees of Greenwich Presbyterian Church that there would be worship and education, Christian education. He declared that even those trees that were in the back that where we ended up building our new building, if they're cut down, they can only be used for the propagation of the gospel, for Christian education and for worship. And so we made sure that those trees went into the house <laughs> Our Lord's table, our pulpit, our choir risers are made out of the white oak that came from the trees there. Otherwise, if those trees were cut down for and used for any other purpose, it would revert back to the original owners. There was a reversion clause. Charles Green had the vision to donate the land. He gave away. He opened his hands and he gave. And you and I are the beneficiaries of that. We now know Jesus and we're growing in Christ and we're growing in our family relationships and this, this community has been gathering and that, that little chapel was built in 1857-58 and, and he oversaw that. And so who's going to be the next Charles Green? Who's going to donate some land or some property or some money and who's going to have the vision that outlives ourselves? See, the Abrahamic promise is a generational promise. Abraham died still looking for that city which is to come. We read that in the book of Hebrews. Abraham died still looking for it, but he gave himself to it. And it's God's work through us. So we get to participate directly in restoring the world. We're not going to see the, likely not going to see the kingdom come in our generation. Christ may return and hallelujah. But if not, how will we invest ourselves, our prayer, our money, our relationships, our witness? How will we invest ourselves in this generation in such a way that it outlives us and it proceeds, the blessing proceeds unto the generations? And so let me invite you to consider being part of that next thing that God wants to do at Greenwich. Would you be willing to be a Charles Green to donate property or land or other assets and, and, and do so in such a way and, and put some clauses on it, right, as he did, to commit that this is only going for the propagation of the gospel unto the generations. Thank you for watching all the way through. I hope it was worth it for you. We'll pick up again tomorrow, probably tease out some more thoughts around this, but let's close with prayer. And so, Father, hear our prayer. <laughs> May your spirit raise up another Charles Green. Thank you for his generosity, his vision, 
and what you have done with that land that upon which we gather week by week and how many countless souls have been changed and healed and restored because of the vision of that one man to help build that one church that has now led to three buildings. And so, Lord, give us a vision, the Abrahamic vision of promise and responsibility and use us and use the wealth that you've entrusted to us to help restore the world here in this community, even to the farthest corners of the world. For we make our prayer in the name of the greater son of Abraham, even Jesus our Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God bless you with wealth and riches in your house so that you can participate in the restoring of the world. May you know that Abrahamic promise and blessing this day and forevermore. Amen.